My name is Emilian Mori and welcome to our podcast Warrior Family. We are a family of successful entrepreneurs, visioners, hustlers and leaders. We are compassionate, loving, fearless and determined. We fight for love, profits and a better world. And this podcast was made for future leaders, entrepreneurs, world changers and families all over the world. We gained our wealth by running one of the best network marketing companies in Europe and successfully coaching and speaking empire. Our stories, tips will show you that everything is possible. And this podcast includes all the best sales, marketing, relationship, personal growth and health advice you can get and interviews with the most successful people in the world. Our motto is, my business is not my family. My family is my business. And we are here to show you how to have it all. Hello everybody, this is Warrior Family and I'm Smilian Mori. I'm sure that you are all here because you want to live and create the life we're living and we have to do something about it too. And my purpose within this show is to bring you guests, their hacks, their mindset, their strategies that will help you create and live the life we're living. And today I have a special guest. His name is Joe Lavery. He is the founder of Small Boutique agency scale your webinar he helps experts scale their business and drive revenues through the automated webinar system thank you very much for coming to my show joe i heard that even russell branson called you for help and you were featured in the expert secrets book yeah i'm in his book i didn't know i was going to be in his book but we've been friends for since like 2005 and Yeah, it was interesting to read that, and then there I am, page 219 and page 220, so, and yeah, and he recently uh, reached out to me, and he wanted some fresh eyes on his webinar Mm -hmm. that's already done tens of millions of dollars, and for those of you who don't know, ClickFunnels, Mm -hmm. you know, he's Mm -hmm. grown that to like almost $100 million, I think, Mm -hmm. so, uh, he's definitely no, I never thought he would need help with a webinar, you know, but even the kings of webinars want fresh eyes, so, yeah, he hired me. How did you get into this webinar business? Well, I've done webinars on and off since 2007. GoToWebinar, which is the platform I use mm-hmm. primarily for myself and clients, came out in 2006, right? Mm-hmm. So like back then, people were primarily making their money on what's called a teleseminar. Many people that are younger probably don't even know what that is, but mm-hmm. it's basically like a bridge line and it's a telephone call. So you call in and uh, it might be 500 people listening in and then you and I would be having a conversation just like on a webinar, mm-hmm. but there'd be no slides. It's just on the phone. Mm-hmm. And it was called a teleseminar. So we did that. Mm-hmm. And then when webinars came through, and it was because back then the internet didn't support video very well. Mm-hmm. People didn't have high-speed connections. And then finally GoToWebinar came out in 2016, or not 2006, I mean. Yeah, and yeah. that was like a really big day. And so um, in 2007 is when I kind of did my first one. In the very first webinar we ever did, I did it with a partner. And like seventy thousand dollars in like seventy. Yeah, back then it was like in two thousand seven. Two thousand seven, seventy thousand. We didn't know what we were doing. Seventy thousand in like ninety minutes. Like we were like cooked, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what did you sell? <laughs> uh, I sold the the person. It was a JV webinar, meaning that I was promoting someone. Else. I had an email list, and I promoted the webinar as an affiliate uh-huh. with somebody that I was partnering with, and they uh-huh. had a product that was teaching people how to sell on the phone and close uh-huh. high-ticket sales, you know, two thousand or above, which is very common these days. Yes. But back then, there was very few courses on that. Uh-huh. And his name was Matt Basak, uh-huh. and we did that webinar together. And he had a course called The Formula for two thousand dollars, and yeah, we sold, I guess, whatever, 35 units, I guess would be the math on that. And I got half of it. And so that was like the first thing I ever did with webinars, 2007. Well, we will talk more about business later. Sure. Let's, let's talk about your childhood. 
So, can you recall some events from your childhood that were painful and made you who you are today? That were painful? Yeah, I mean, pain is relative, right? So, yeah. like, what I might find relative, there might be some macho dude listening like, you think you had a bad, you little bit, you know what I mean? Like, but for me, as a little chick, kid, yeah. I thought, you know, a lot of things were painful as far as, like, when I grew up, we were lower middle class, mm-hmm. and my dad was in the Navy, they got out of the Navy, and then he became a realtor, but he also had to do like side jobs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was best friends with a, with a kid named Dylan, right? And he was in the neighborhood over, and like it was a new development that they put in behind my house. Mm-hmm. And it was much nicer than the houses, but it was really close. So we'd walk through the woods, we're right there, but it was a new development, right? And where I lived, it was kind of like much like older houses and not, not as nice. And I just felt like inferior. And so like he had everything, had a nice house. I used to enjoy going over there, talking to his mom. They had all everything, you know, like we couldn't even order pizza. I'd ask my parents for pizza and like sometimes we didn't have the money for it. So like I used to feel like I was, you know, like inferior. I was like all these kids have other stuff. And so that was just kind of painful, like watching that. Like and I knew that I never wanted to like go without when I'm older. Like I wanted to I knew I wanted to start a business or do something. I, didn't, I knew that I didn't want to get a job. I knew I didn't want to go to college. I knew I didn't want to do anything. Like, when I was, like, 10 years old, I knew that. Oh, really? Yeah, like... How is that so fast? I mean, I, I mean, no one had to tell me. Like, now you see, like, Gar- Grant Cardone and people saying, like, yeah, that the yeah, school yeah. is broken. You don't want to go to school. It's a waste of time. Or yeah. It's not a waste of time for everybody, but, like, it's definitely not the only path, right? And the whole climb the ladder that everyone goes mm-hmm. through is, like, you know, get good grades, you know, finish mm-hmm. high school, with good grades so that you can go to college and get mm-hmm. more good grades. I mean, J.P. Sears, are you familiar with him, that funny guy, J.P. Sears, he no. does those comedy videos. You should go watch the one he did in college, and he has a video where he's like, well, if I want to be successful and get a really good start to my career, I thought the best way to start would go 100, and, 100 or 200,000 in debt. That'd be the s- smartest mm-hmm. way to start. Mm-hmm. He's making fun of college, like, the smartest way to start a business, let's go 100,000 in debt. So anyway, when I was very young, I saw my aunts and uncles like still be- paying back college debt and everything like that, and they're in their 40s and 50s. And I was like, that doesn't sound like a good thing. Like, I'd rather just skip all that and figure out a way to you know, make it without going in debt. Because my parents weren't gonna pay for college, I wasn't gonna get a scholarship. So if I wasn't getting a scholarship, I had no interest in going in debt. I knew that at a very young age. So you mentioned that you didn't have enough money to, to buy pizza. I mean, some nights we did, but there's like, you know what I mean, like we had pizza some days, but yeah. there's other nights where I couldn't, I couldn't get the Michael Jordan shoes that everyone had when they came out. You know, and like, I was getting made fun of because I had some shitty whatever they were, I don't even know, like, they weren't cool though. And so I just felt like, uh, like, Less than, you know, mm-hmm. like I wasn't good enough or whatever in school. Your parents supported you when you started to do a business? They imp- what, say that again? They supported you? They've supported me with everything, like in their words. My dad, I kind of felt was kind of critical when mm-hmm. I was growing up, but I think he just wanted the best for me and everything. But like he was very critical. Like when you play sports, he would never let me win. When I'm five years old, he, he wasn't letting me win anything. Bowling, he's going to freaking try to shoot a 300 and I, I can't even like get a strike, you know what I mean? But he's not, never gonna take it easy on me. He's never gonna like do less than his best mm-hmm. and let the little kid win. Like he didn't, so like I always took that as like, I'm not good enough and mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So that kind of led to an identity I think throughout my life. So I didn't have a good relationship with him? No, we had a huge tension and it kind of like got really bad in high school. And then when I left for the Navy, right, I, I literally got out of the, as soon as I graduated, like two months later I was gone and I didn't come back for like 15 years or 16 or 17, whatever it is, a long time. So um, I think part of that was like, I just wanted to get away from him, you know, and so, there was that tension. Mm-hmm. 
So you, you, you were in Navy? Yeah. How many years? Only four. Four. Mm -hmm. And you think that was because you wanted to run away? That's not why I joined the Navy, but I knew I wanted to get away, like out of, mm -hmm. I just didn't want to live where, I didn't want to be close to my father, so I wanted to get out of there, and that's the way I did it. But I, I don't know, it's, it's like, he was, he was in the Navy too, like as I mentioned. So subconsciously, I never thought I would join the Navy, but then I got the opportunity in high school, because like I said, I never applied for college. And then senior year, there's a job fair or whatever, and I ended up taking the ASVAB test, right? Mm -hmm. And I took it for the Army, because my, my friend Pat wanted me to do it. And I don't even really remember like why I would want to go in the Army. Thinking back, I was like, that would have been the stupidest thing mm -hmm. I could have done. Like, I would not want to go in the Army. I don't know why I even did it. But I got a 99, which is like the highest score you can get. And then when I was in the recruiter's office, like talking about it, the Navy recruiter across the hall overheard, oh, you you got a guy with a 99, which is very uncommon for Army people. Usually they get much lower scores, and they usually have to get them to retake it just so they can get mm -hmm. in because a lot of people score really low or whatever, I guess. Uh, that's what I heard anyway. Mm -hmm. And so it's very rare to get someone coming through with like a 90, 99. And so he was like, oh, you need to go on the nuclear power. He, he pulled me across the hall like when I was leaving and kind of like snuck me into his office. Mm -hmm. And he was like, dude, you need, to, you need to join the nuclear program. And like if you're that smart, like this is the best deal for you. You're going to get bonuses. You're going to get all these perks. It's... 10 times better, you'll never have to go fight a war, you're never gonna have to like, and so that kind of lured me in, you know, getting like, I think it was like $12,000 sign-on bonus and stuff like that. So yeah, I joined the Navy. I have similar story, I didn't speak to my father since I was like, I don't know. I started to speak with him when I was 30, probably. Really? Yeah, when you speak. Yeah, man. Like so, like when I was gone the whole year. I mean, I I lived in different places when I was in the Navy. I was um, I was stationed in Bremerton, Washington. Mm -hmm. Well, first I did boot camp in uh, Chicago. Then I went down to South Carolina for power school. Then I went up to Prototype, which is near my home in upstate New York. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I went out to Bremerton, Washington, to be stationed on the submarine. I was on the USS Alaska mm -hmm. 732 boat, which is a nuclear ballistic missile submarine, and. After that, I moved to a bunch of different cities. I moved to Myrtle Beach. Then I moved back to New York for like a year. Then I went to Atlanta for four years. Then I went to Florida for three or four years. So I kind of lived all over. So and right now you live in? Upstate New York. I moved back to my hometown. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. And so like the whole time I was gone, 15, 17 years or whatever it is, this is like what kind of used to like hurt my feelings. Like I was like, I just thought my dad didn't give a fuck about me, you know, because he called me twice in 15 years. Wow. Like he never called me. So, I know that's not normal. I talk to a lot of people and they're like, really, are you kidding me? So. How did you get over this? When or I moved you, back, maybe you didn't. I never was over until I moved back. He had a, in 2015, I came back to New York for the first time. I mean, I would visit like on the, on, for Christmas. That was pretty mm -hmm. much it. I'd come every year for Christmas. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I actually moved back, right? And it was because he was having a quadruple bypass surgery. I think it was like April, it was like right before his birthday. His birthday is on tax day, April mm -hmm. 15. And it was like a couple days before his birthday, he was having this big surgery and I was like worried and so I came home. And you know, if you go on my Facebook profile and you scroll back up, you'll see the post where I made it in the operating room right before I went in. So that kind of led to me um, staying up in New York and us creating a relationship mm -hmm. again. And like, now I feel like it's 100% healed and we're like good friends and like he's got my back and we talk all the time. I help him with his real estate, uh, with digital marketing and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it feels great because I feel like uh, 
that was really a messed up kind of thing, like mm -hmm. hanging over me emotionally that messed up a lot of relationships. And I feel like I'm talking a lot. <laughs> no, that's interview. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about the business. What was the first business you started? A lot of the stuff I did, I felt like was more like, they weren't really businesses per se, like an entrepreneur. They're more like yeah. money-making schemes or like affiliate marketing and stuff like that. So the first thing I ever did to make money is I, I bought a course. Well, I bought a bunch of courses, right? Everyone starts out like, oh, what's this? Get this course. I'm going to be rich overnight. You know, you get all excited. You read those sales letters. You click the buy button. You get this high and all this kind of stuff. I don't know if you've ever gone through that. But like this Absolutely. Was, this is back Many in like times. 2003. Still. So I'm in the Navy still and I'm like, I don't want to stay in this 12-hour days on the submarine. Like it's exhausting. And so I'd come home and be like, how else can I make money? So I just like literally type in, and this was before Google, so it was like Alta Vista. Yeah. So I type in Alta Vista, like, you know, how to make money to online, make money. you know, and stuff like that. And, and then I would read an article that said, oh, autoresponder. I was like, what the hell is an autoresponder? And then I would go back, and then eventually Google came out, and then I was using Google, and people were like, oh, it's the smart search engine. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And it was way more accurate, like, and I loved it. As soon as it came out, I was like, this is so much better than Alta Vista. Goodbye. And that was the very beginning of like, you know, Google, which is kind of crazy. But anyway, so I was just like searching for ways to make money and I ended up buying a course and it sold like private or not private label, but resale rights to this product. Mm -hmm. And all I did is I just took the sales letter that they gave me. You know, back then there was no WordPress, there was no click funnels, there was no nut page builders. It was like just HTML files and you had to like figure out FTP and like all this kind of stuff. So I had to figure all that stuff out, do it yourself. And like, so it's just a matter of, I don't know it. So FIO. And that's like, I teach my clients all that. There's some, not just clients, but like when I used to sell courses, mm -hmm. it's like FIO, figure it out. You know what I mean? And that's a skill that's missing from so many people. It shocks me. You know, they'll ask you like in a coaching program to answer some basic question. Then I'm like, I have no idea. Hold on one second. And then I Google it and then I give them the answer. Um, because they won't take their own initiative just to freaking FIO, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? What was I saying? Oh, so then I bought yeah. this course, right? Yeah. And it was a resale rights product, and I just placed an ad, and there was these things back then that I'm just remembering this word, because I, this is not a word I use anymore, but it's called an e-zine. Are you familiar e with that? E-zine, yeah, I an heard e of it. An e-zine, it's like a new, an email newsletter, they yeah, call it an yeah. e-zine. I don't even know what zine stands for, but... I don't know, electronic something. Yeah. Like a magazine, I think. An electronic yeah, yeah, magazine, yeah, so an e so, yeah. And so it was just like an email yeah, newsletter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I just did an advertising. I think I, it, it was like $600 to place like a little ad in this big email newsletter that went out to like probably 100,000 people. And that's it. And then I did that and I drove them to this sales letter that I had gotten from the product and then linked it to a PayPal account. And the product was like 597 bucks. And I spent 600 and I made three sales you know, within that first mm -hmm. week of the ad going out. And so that was like 1800 bucks, so like doubled my money or tripled my money or whatever. So that was the very first thing I ever did. It wasn't really a business though, you know what I mean? But I was building an email list and then I would start to promote affiliate offers like on ClickBank. And then many, many, many years later, it became like Warrior Plus and JVZoo and different networks like that. So that's basically what I did for a long time in the beginning was just kind of promoting affiliate offers. And then I would also be helping people with their with their marketing and, and launches and stuff like that. If you are enjoying interview so far, make sure to follow me on other social media. You will find me on YouTube and Facebook as Million Mori Warrior Family, on Instagram as Smillion Mori, and on LinkedIn and Twitter as Smillian Mori, S-M-I-L-J-A-N-M-O-R-I. How Russell found, found out about you? 
Um, that's an interesting story. So Russell, this is way back. I don't know the exact year. I'm thinking 2004. I was on a call. I was working with a company. This is how I got my start. So when I got out of the Navy, this is 2003, moved to Myrtle Beach, and I was living with my friend Pat, and I saw this opportunity on one of the email lists. Somehow I came across this for Nitro Marketing. It's a company that was owned by two guys named Kevin Wilkie and Matt Gill. Not sure if you know them, but they were pretty big, and they were pretty big hitters back then. And they worked with like, you know, they were kind of like the number two behind like Corey Rudel or whatever for Internet Marketing Center, um, which are names that like if you're freaking back in the day, you would know. But I was working with them and as a project manager. So I applied and I got a job as a project manager and then I helped do a launch. And as part of that launch, I ended up getting on the phone with Joe Vitale mm -hmm. and Mark Joyner and a couple other people. I think Kevin Wilkie and Matt were on the call too. And Mark Joyner, who's like a best-selling author. You know who Mark Joyner is? Yeah. Okay, so best-selling author, Mark Joyner. He was, he's been one of my mentors over the years for sure, but he was mentoring Russell Brunson. And on that call, he was like, dude, guys, I just, I've been working with this kid. He's brand new. He's like, just like he's wrestling in, high, in college or whatever. He's really young, but I can see something in this kid. And he's going to go big places, guys. You need to keep your eye on this guy. That was in like 2004. And wow. that's the first time I ever heard of him. A year later, 2005, I did one of my first info products. And it was called the Insider Secrets to Backend Marketing. And so I interviewed a bunch of people. And Russell Brunson was one of the people I invited mm -hmm. into that. And he said yes. And so I interviewed him and did like a two-hour interview with him on how he made mm -hmm. money on the back end, which is like, you know, you sell people like you sell them on one product, which would be the front end product. And then anything you sell after that is considered your back end. So it was like how to make more money from all of your buyers, like, and sell them more stuff. And mm -hmm. that was what the whole course was about. And I interviewed some gurus or whatever you want to call it at the time. And he was one of them. So that was at 2005 and uh, we've been friends ever since. So what are some of the common challenges that experts face when they turn to you for help? You mean, why do they turn to me? Yeah. So, like, they have a webinar and it's not converting, or okay. they're just posting uh, on social media with no strategy and they don't really, they need a webinar and they don't know what to do. But often it's like, you know, they have a webinar and it's kind of doing okay, but they're kind of like breaking even or losing a little money on, on, on paid ad mm -hmm. ads, usually like Facebook or something like that. And they know that they're like a couple tweaks away. And they, they just know that they're not doing everything they could and they don't know how to do it, right? So, like, they're getting stuck in tech hell. Mm -hmm. You know, they're non-technical. And a lot of people will tell you, right, like, the tech doesn't matter. Just focus on the offer. Focus on the marketing and all that. But it's totally wrong because you need both. You're like, if you have a bad tech stack, meaning the actual tools and resources and software that mm -hmm. run everything, then you're going to have really subpar results. And... And you know, just by changing your technology stack and actually getting integrations done mm -hmm. properly and making sure it all works mm -hmm. like it should work, not like somebody that doesn't know what they're doing would set it up, which is like most people, can make a huge difference. Like just using the right tool sets and knowing how to get the most out of them. Mm -hmm. And then also being able to combine multiple them together to get better results. So what tools do you use? The main tool time? I use is GoToWebinar for all the webinars. We do live webinars, but we also I can circle back to this in a little bit, mm -hmm. but we actually use it as an automated webinar platform, actually, which is really cool. How do you do that? <laughs> okay, we'll go there now. So, like, my friend, his name is Winter, and he has this platform, and he's been building it for, like, a year. And 
it basically will start your webinar, play back a pre-recorded video through GoToWebinar as if it's live, so it's like a simulated live webinar, but you get all the benefits of a live webinar. GoToWebinar converts better, there's a lot of reasons, but the gist of it is that it's like a trusted brand, it's the number one webinar platform, it's the first webinar platform, yeah. and millions of people have been on webinars through GoToWebinar, they already have it installed, they're used to it, they trust it, and it's not an automated webinar, it's not in the browser. You know, when you just, if you use something like an Ever webinar or a mm -hmm. Stealth Seminar or any kind of automated webinar platform, it's just going to be a video that's playing in your browser, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's very easy to tell that it's not really a webinar, you know, it's not live, right? It's just a video and it starts whenever you get there, right? Or on the top of the hour or something like that. Mm -hmm. With a go-to webinar, you get your own join URL, it plays on all the devices, so that's one of the big things too, is it'll play on mobile devices. So the problem with like an automated webinar, an automated webinar on mobile devices is like, if it's in the browser, you, you click the email from, you know, like a webinar jam or something like that, and you open it up, it's gonna be in like Safari if you're on iPhone, right? And the video will play there, right? But then as soon as you go, oh, I got an alert from Instagram, let me go check Instagram, then the video stops and the audio stops. Yeah. So like, you have to stay on the app. Absolutely. And I don't know about you, when I'm on my phone, I'm getting alerts and like, I'm just fidgeting. This and I'm like, I true. wanna go check my email, I wanna go check Facebook. I'm and then you have Facebook. to start to watch it all over again. Or when you go back to it, it'll skip to where it's supposed to be, but you'll miss it. And then, or you might never come back, which is very frequent. So like, you get, really not as good as results as you could. So like with GoToWebinar though, it has an app, right? So like when you go and attend a webinar on GoToWebinar, it actually opens up in its own app on iPhone and Android. And so now you can still switch between the apps and even if you're not focused on in viewing the presentation, you're still gonna hear it. It's still gonna keep playing in the background while you go check Instagram. Mm -hmm. So that's gonna get you better results on mobile, just doing that. And the fact that it's more believable, people think it's an actual live webinar. Mm -hmm. And it, a lot of the times it is. We do live webinars, but we also, once we perfect a webinar, instead of you know, having the expert you know, do, the, do the webinar over and over again, if we already have one that worked really well, we'll automate it and we'll make it look as if it's live. And, and we can also kind of do a hybrid where we might have the first 60 minutes of the webinar where they do the pitch and everything, that's pre-recorded, but when they transition at the end to, okay guys, I'm gonna open it up for questions, so if you have a question, go ahead, type your question in right now, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna get a glass of water, and I'm gonna answer all your questions, just give me 30 seconds, I'm gonna grab a glass of water. And that would be like the end of your video, mm -hmm. and that's where you would transition, and then you would get on live. Uh -huh. So okay. if you were running it once a week, every Tuesday at 8 p.m. or something, you would play that, and then mm -hmm. you would be standing by, and so when the, when the video's done playing, you would just get on at the end, and then you would just answer all the questions live. And now people, now it is a live webinar. Mm -hmm. Even mm -hmm. though you didn't do the presentation from scratch, it's still live, you know, and you still get the benefit of interacting with all the people, because the people that you call out on a webinar, and that you say their name and all that kind of stuff, they're like 10 times more likely to be the actual buyers, you know, just what? by acknowledging them. And you can't, Absolutely. and that's something you cannot do in an auto webinar, because it's pre-recorded 100%. Sorry, I thought that GoToWebinar is a little bit old already. <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. Because some people, they, they said, like, Webinar Jam is the next new thing, and then every webinar. And mm -hmm. What other tools you connect with the GoToWebinar platform? Okay, so we, for clients, we'll connect any email CRM that they want to use. But what I use to, f to, to build a webinar conversion system, and that's what I call it. So, like, I'll take someone who has a webinar, and I'll build a webinar conversion systems. Mm -hmm. So what that really means is like, it's the entire uh, system that you build around it that's gonna get it better results. So what happens before the webinar, 
during the webinar to get them to show up, and then after the webinar to convert them if they didn't buy on the webinar. Mm -hmm. And the difference between just doing that out of the box with like an Ever webinar or something like that, and doing it the way that we do it is like, it's huge. Like you can make a lot more money. Like you can literally take a webinar that's making X amount of dollars and plug all this other stuff around it without actually changing the presentation itself and you can get better results. So it's all about maximizing technology dollars per, dollars per lead. Yeah, so like the, the tool that I use and I recommend for automating, it's a marketing mm -hmm. automation platform. Mm -hmm. um, most people think it's an email platform, but it's actually a full-blown marketing automation platform. And I can do some really ninja stuff with it and it's called Drip, people that created lead pages. It's called Drip, yeah, so really powerful. So I use that to, to do everything. Mm -hmm. So Drip, Drip is like email, that's the core thing it does is email, yes. But it has the ability to do what's called a webhook. And so you could do integrations with all these other services. The, the thing that you have to get right on an automated webinar or a live webinar that you're simulating as live and they're automating mm -hmm. it. The whole point is like, the way people do live webinars a lot of times, if they were gonna just run one, one webinar a week, mm -hmm. um, they're gonna do it all manual. They're gonna set up a new list. They're gonna like have a bunch of broadcasts that go out and say, go out Tuesday, June 4th at 8 p.m., Tuesday, June 4th at 9 p.m. And you like have to literally time them, right? The way I build a system is once it's completely dynamic, everything is dynamic and I build it in a way where you can just promote Facebook ads or any kind of traffic to it in the landing page updates. So like mm -hmm. if today is Tuesday, June 4th, you know, next week, next a week from now, the webinar is on Tuesday, June 4th, the next week it'd be Tuesday, June 11th, mm -hmm. and it'll just update automatically. So as soon as the June 4th one starts, the landing page updates to the date for the next week, mm -hmm. and traffic keep coming in. Now they're registering for the next week. Mm -hmm. And everybody that's already registered for this week, they're in the webinar conversion system, and they're going through the whole process until the offer expires, which is usually going to be like a Sunday or a Monday at midnight. What about for somebody like we use Infusionsoft? Yeah. We Do we have to get to the how is drip? How, drip system? or? If you wanted to hire me to do it, that's what I would recommend. You don't have to switch though. So like, mm -hmm. the, Drip is what I use because it's so much easier. Infusionsoft, I have built them with Infusionsoft. I just don't like to do that. So like, I mean, I'll do it if the if you pay me enough. But like, I mean, <laughs> it's just it's. I think it's overkill, and it's like, the thing about Infusionsoft is my in my personal experience is even when you set it all up exactly how it's supposed to work, sometimes it just doesn't it's even work. Like so it's like you do it right and it doesn't work. Drip, on the other hand, I find to be very reliable and it's a lot easier to set up. So the way in that situation, what I would recommend to you is like, hey, you want to keep using Infusionsoft, but do you really care if the webinar is done through Infusionsoft or you just want to have all the leads in Infusionsoft? Leads, yeah, yeah. That's what I'll do. So like I can put them into multiple systems mm -hmm. at the same time. So when they register on the landing page, I'll put them into Infusionsoft, into whatever list you want, whatever tag you want, and then I'll put them into Drip. Drip will power the entire system, uh -huh. and it'll send out the emails at the exact time. It'll send all the reminders. It'll send the follow-up. It'll do SMS. It'll do voicemail. It'll do all these other things that I can do to do like multi-channel notifications, which get way better results. And then you'll have the people in Infusionsoft, but it all the actual webinar process, all the reminders will be run through Drip. Uh -huh. And if you wanted to save money on Drip you could delete them out of drip every week. So like you only need them in there for that first week when they go through the webinar. But if you wanted to save money so you don't have to keep, you know, because as, as you get more contacts in there, the price keeps going up mm -hmm. and it can get expensive. You know, if you have, you know, tens of thousands of people keep going in there and you know what I mean? But if you're just doing like under 5,000 every week, you know, your cost is going to be really reasonable mm -hmm. and then you could delete them and just use Infusionsoft to broadcast them after. What do you use for landing pages? Uh, click funnels mostly click funnels. or something I, I can do custom too if I need to make mm -hmm. it faster mm -hmm. or whatever but I always start with click funnels it's just easy to design it 
and we have really some really cool mobile tricks already customized in there and it's really easy to clone the funnel so it allows me to just get the funnel done faster for clients mm -hmm. instead of coding stuff from scratch what about payment providers payment providers i usually just go with whatever they want unless i'm partnering with them and then if i'm partnering with them and i'm going doing a partnership deal then i will usually will you know advise them on on a solution and i i, I use like thrivecart personally mm -hmm. um, it's a really good platform from my buddy josh bartlett what does it mean partnership because some people maybe they don't have enough money to pay you upfront, so you. That's what I, that's what I'm saying. A partnership yeah. is like so like it's a pay for perform performance. Mm -hmm. So like you would pay me like a percentage of revenue after it comes in, or or percentage of profit depending on mm -hmm. how we did the deal and structured it. Um, and you, and in those cases, sometimes there would be like a small setup fee, but depending on your assets and your resources and how you how the deal is mm -hmm. and what we negotiated, sometimes there's not even a fee at all, and I'll just do it completely for free. Mm -hmm. uh, until you know the money comes in and then you pay me. Um, and with Thrivecart, it's really cool. So like if we were doing a deal, we can have Thrivecart set up. So like if it was your product, you're 100% and you wanted to pay me out, just as an example, 25% of every sale that came in, that would be my fee for, for doing everything, mm -hmm. optimizing, managing it. You can have it set up to split pay. So that as soon as the money comes in, I get my 25% automatically put to my PayPal account. Um, mm -hmm. And then it can go into your Stripe or your PayPal. Mm -hmm. So you can you know do credit card on the order form or PayPal, but then it pays me out. That way you don't have to consolidate and pay me on a weekly. I don't have to hunt you down or anything and say, hey, where's my money? You know, so it just makes it easier. You know, less accounting too. So what are the price points that you sell, either with application or without application directly from the webinar? The most common price point across the board is going to be nine ninety seven. Nine nine seven. Yeah, thousand okay. bucks basically. Like that's the most common. You price can point. close directly on the webinar. Nine nine seven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's very very common. Everyone no does. need for the follow up call or strategy call. Well, you can still follow up, and we do recommend doing that. And we have follow up, yes, but strategy call before you close. No strategy call, not for no. that price point. You, only you, what you do is like if you if people have questions on the webinar that aren't answered, you'd follow up with the hottest leads. That, so that's the good thing about go to webinar, right? Mm -hmm is you get a much higher consumption rate, meaning the people mm -hmm. that will actually watch your webinar all the way to the end and make it to the link drop. When I was promoting a webinar last year, we were using you know, EverWebinar for a period of time and like very few people were even making it to the link drop on mobile, you know. but then on GoToWebinar, we were having people stick there for two hours and they were buying off GoToWebinar, but we weren't making any sales at all through EverWebinar. Now, I know that's not the case. EverWebinar is still a good platform mm -hmm. for auto webinars, and there's people that have made millions of dollars with it, but in all my experience in testing, you know, the process that we do with GoToWebinar mm -hmm. works a lot better. So um, I think I answered your question. Yeah, what, what is the conversion rate for the 997 um, average? It, it depends from the program. That can be, you know, it could be as low as 2 or 3% for some people. Uh, what is successful already? It depends on what your definition of success is, right? If you're, mm -hmm. if you're doing cold traffic on Facebook, I mean, if you're doing 10%, you're killing it on a webinar, assuming you're getting a good show-up rate, you know what I mean? What is the average industry show-up rate here? I, I, don't, I don't even know yeah, what that yeah. is. There's no way to really tell. There's maybe so many, 20, so many webinars, so many times types of products. But like, I mean, Russell Brunson, he shoots for 10%, and you often see people doing 12, 15, 20%. I have a client that is doing you know, 10 to 20% consistently in 997 um, mm -hmm. off cold traffic. But if you're doing it off indoors traffic, you can get Obviously, it's usually going to be like double, uh, you know, uh -huh, uh -huh. If, if someone from like an email list promotes it, it's because it's a way different type of... Uh, because they trust him. Right. Yeah, there's, a, there's a trust 
being you know, a halo effect from whoever mm -hmm. is recommending the webinar mm -hmm. uh, from their community or whatever, so. Do you want to become extremely confident in a short period of time? Download my free ebook, Warrior Mindset at www.warriorfamily.com and learn the best mental hacks and strategies to build your confidence. Do you like to travel? Yeah, I do. But I don't do it, haven't what? done nearly enough of it. <laughs> Ever been to Europe? I've been to the UK twice. UK. And I've been to Madrid once. You have to come to Slovenia and Croatia. Yeah. Balkan region. Can you get me, <laughs> can you show me a good time there? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Tell me, please, like young people, they want to start a business. Do you have any advice for them? If they want to start in the information niche. Yeah, it's tough, man. Like somebody like, like how young? <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah, 25 plus. 25 plus. Okay. So if they have a skill, it's really easy. If they don't have a skill, you know, I don't really know what my advice is. Like, cause I see a lot of people out there creating businesses, selling stuff that they're really not qualified to. And I think it is kind of a problem, but at the same time, like it's America mm -hmm. or it's the world, whatever you want to call it. And I think, and everyone has the right to sell anything they want, you know, mm -hmm. but like I can look at it and say, look, you just started, you don't even know what digital marketing is. You didn't know what it was a month ago. And now you're creating a course on how to do a digital agency, right? You see that all the time. So you get all these people doing these courses. It's so easy to create a course, right? And so people come in, they go, oh, I can make money selling courses. And like, well, let me just blah, blah, throw some shit together, right? And you know, whatever. I mean, you can do that, but I, I wouldn't recommend it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I don't know what it's like to be a millennial and like need money or whatever. Like it's, you know, if, if I saw a way to do that and like, just, let's just fucking do it. Like, and that's what a lot of people in this thing, the problem with the marketing, I don't know if you've experienced this, but I feel like this business has a lot of sociopaths in it, mm -hmm. but I don't know if they start that way. I feel like they gradually get seduced into becoming one. You think so? Not everybody, but like there's a high percentage compared to like regular society. <laughs> I, I feel like. How do you find clients? Or they come to you? Mostly referrals. Referrals, um, huh? I don't even have my own webinar, which is crazy, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Do, like, do you have your own webinar? No, that's the thing is like, I help other people with their stuff and I don't build webinars. Like I'm not the PowerPoint, okay. the sales pitch guy. Like we're, we're here at this event. We just went to an awesome event with somebody who's a true master of that, right? And like, I think maybe a year from now, maybe I'll be that guy, mm -hmm. but uh, I'm definitely not that guy now. Like I refer clients to people or I re really what I recommend for a client, if, if they don't have the ability to create a webinar from scratch and they want advice, I would say don't hire somebody for 20 or 30, $40,000, do it yourself. No one's going to care or do it better than you. Even if it takes you longer, mm -hmm. you're going to put your love into it. And it's, that's your thing. Like you, you need to do that. You need to put your love into it. What I recommend is just start with Russell, Russell Brunson. He has the mm -hmm. thing called the perfect webinar script. Yeah. yeah. That's the, I mean, there's so many people that have, have, have just made so much money just with that script. It's the best place to start, I think, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, for somebody from, from ground zero. So to answer your question about like advice for 25 year olds or, or millennials that want to start a business, if you don't, if you have a skill, then yeah, I would like, I would do a webinar and I would start create an offer, but I wouldn't create the course first. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, as long as you're confident in delivering it, I would create the perfect webinar. Oh that you okay. possibly could, the perfect offer, and you create the offer first, and you come up with the offer that's just like, that makes you like, that your, your greed glands are going, and like you're salivating like, oh yeah, I wanna buy that. And, like, and then you figure out, how can I deliver this? 
-hmm. and then you go and maybe you have to partner with somebody and license a piece of software to throw in as a bonus. Or maybe you have to find someone else that knows how to do this and have them do a module. But you start with the offer first. You don't create a product and go, here's what I want to teach, blah, 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 thing, 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 and hopefully they'll buy it. Like you want to reverse engineer something and create the offer that you know this is an offer, and then you want to do whatever it takes to create that and deliver it, and then you create the webinar based off that, like in reverse. And that's a great piece of advice. Yeah. So for you sure. don't, so you don't invest into creating a product before you sell it. Right. Exactly. You can yeah. create it after you right. sell it. So you create the best offer you can. You outline it. You think about component one, component two, component three. Here's the bonus: an hour of my time, like we talked about today, mm -hmm. you know, or you know, a, a VIP ticket to my event. Whatever those bonuses are, and you create like a slide deck or a, the stack is what uh, Russell calls yeah, it. Yeah. You just create the best thing you can, and then you then you then you test it, right, on a webinar. And if you get sales and it starts converting, then you go and start creating the product. And you can actually sell it as a pilot program mm -hmm. or a beta testing program yeah, yeah. so that people know that it doesn't exist right now. Mm -hmm. Or you could you know, just sell it and just have the first module done. And then once you get sales, then you start just, you create one module every week to stay ahead of, ahead of them. What technology do you use for productivity? I found, out, if I said I found I out about Marco Polo yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I found out about it the day before you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so cool. I, I really don't know how, to be, how that is productive, but my, my friend Chad that you, you interviewed yeah, recently, yeah. Chad Nicely, I know that he thinks it's very productive, so I'm excited to start using it. I've only used it socially a couple mm -hmm. times here, but basically it's like Voxer, which I'm very familiar mm -hmm. with Voxer, which is like a walkie-talkie. Mm -hmm but it can kind of get out of control because a lot of people use it to give it to their clients and mm -hmm. stuff so that they can contact them, but without having to give them your phone number so they're not like blowing up your phone or whatever. And you can take your time to answer. But it, I don't know, the videos, it's like, it's like video for that, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. For productivity, like I'm not gonna tell you I'm the most productive guy, like mm -hmm. I'm sure there's people with way better tips, but what I do, a couple of things I do is I use Trello, right? Mm -hmm. And then I use, which is like basically- For project management. I guess it's project management. It's yeah, more yeah. like for me, just like getting me, it's like a to-do list for me, okay, honestly, like, okay. but a visual one where I can drag and drop. But even better than that, honestly, what I think works better is I create what's called a Kanban board. Are you familiar with that? Mm -hmm. that's, what a, that's what a Trello board is. It's based on Kanban, which is like you have rows and different areas that you, dro you drag and drop to, but like I create a physical one with sticky notes. Uh -huh. So on a whiteboard, you know, I'll have tape down, I'll use like electrical tape, different colors, and I'll create like, uh, what is it called, the work in progress, and the to-do, mm -hmm. and then the done. That's mm -hmm. the most basic, you can create more sophisticated mm -hmm. ones. Mm -hmm. But it's basically like all your ideas, you brain dump them on the left, and you put sticky pad, sticky pad, sticky pad, and, and whatever colors, and you can color code them if you want to get crazy, like you have the pink one means, you know, like a software development mm -hmm. thing, and then like the red one is like a client thing, and then the blue one is a personal task I have to do, and you can divide it like that if you want, mm -hmm. but, Basically, you put anything you have to do up on the left, and then you create a whip, which is a work in progress mm -hmm. on the board. And, and usually, you got to figure out what your, your it's all about flow. Like, mm -hmm. So it's not like, you don't want to have like five or six or seven things that you're working on at the same time. That's like the worst way to kill. Mm -hmm. you, know, you have zero focus. I really believe in the focus. So like, you have to like put blinders on and forget everything else. And so like, just the physical act of moving the thing, and so you move it into the whip when you're gonna work on it. Mm -hmm. Work stands for work in progress. So like I take it from the, the idea board or the idea bank, and then I, have, and then I kind of move the ones at the top priorities, like maybe five, five priorities for the day, and I'll put those in the to-do for the day. So that's like another one, I, I physically take them, 
one sticky from here and move it over. And then when it's time to actually do a specific task, then I put it into the whip. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a physical process. I and mean, as you start doing it, you get used to associating the actual physical movement of that. It's the same kind of thing of like, a lot of people get gratification from crossing out physically a yeah. to-do list. Uh, it's different than just doing like on your phone, like a list and then crossing it out. It's not the same experience. And then what's really cool about it is that a lot of times tasks that you think, oh, that'll be, that's an easy task, that'll take me 10 minutes, and then you're like, oh, let me just go edit that, that landing page and click funnels, and then an hour later you're still messing with it, right? Yeah. As you start to do it more, you kind of learn how long the tasks actually take by when you move the paper, because mm -hmm. you stop a task, and then you move it to done, and then you go find another one from the to-do, and then move that into the whip. So you're always working on one, two, or three at a max in the actual whip, which means mm -hmm. work in progress. And if it's not in there, you're not doing it. So that's like an overview, like there's a whole, you could buy a book on it. I can't remember what it's called, but I'll give you the link so you can put in the show notes. Thank but, you, thank you. But basically it's like, it's Trello, but a physical mm -hmm, work mm -hmm. in the office. And the good thing about that is you're always, you walk in, you just see it there and you, and you, and you kind of have a grasp of everything that's this going on. This is what on. I like, I'm visual. Yeah, yeah, like, and so Trello, sometimes you're like. Yeah, I don't like to go into the. I have to forget to like change it over that tab and then I'll be like, I'll just get like lost yeah, in my yeah, work yeah. and stuff. I'll totally. But when I'm looking up at the board, I constantly can kind of see what's going on. And every big. time I go to the bathroom, yeah, mine's like probably like six to eight feet wide. Yeah. I would like to know. Yeah. Right. yeah it's called Kanban. Like, I think it's called Personal Kanban is the name of the book. Um, can you spell it? C-K-A-N-B-A-N. Kanban board. So okay. Personal yeah. Kanban is the name of the book. Great. Thank you. Yeah, sure. I have last question. This is it? Okay, cool. Yeah. This is easy. Yeah. You said not too long. I could do as long as you want. <laughs> Last question cry, is, so. I call it the power message. But the question goes like this. If you just pretend you have five seconds to live, what would be the last message you would send to your kids, but you don't have kids yet? So the question goes like this now. Just pretend your father has only five seconds to live. What message would you like to receive from him that would you remember till the rest of your life? From my dad? He's on his deathbed. What do, what do I want to hear him say? To you. I mean, the same thing that most boys want to hear their whole life. He's like, I'm proud of you. I love you. Wow. Thank you. I'm proud of you too for what you achieved so far. Uh, I'm proud of you guys. Watch our Warrior Family show and I will see you in the next episode. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you. Resources from this interview are available online. Visit www.warriorfamily.com and download the free book Lessons from Millionaires with all the resources mentioned in the interview. If you want to be a warrior who has it all, visit www.warriorfamily.com and download my eBooks for free. Learn all about warrior productivity, habits, mindset, marketing and sales strategies, confidence boosters and many other things. I promise that you won't be disappointed. More valuable content is waiting for you on my social media profiles. Instagram, Smillion Mori, YouTube and Facebook, Smillion Mori, Warrior Family, Twitter, Smillion Mori, and LinkedIn, Smillion Mori.